Romans chapter 9, verses 6 through 13. Okay, the second paragraph heading. Not all Israelites are spiritual Israel. Not all Israelites are spiritual Israel. No, that's true. Verses 6 through 13. Now remember, one of the things that, I'll be honest, one of the things that I'm not exactly a big fan of chapters when it comes to the Bible is because in our mind, the way that chapters work is when we get done with one chapter, we get to the next chapter, we're on a whole new thing. That's just the way that the human mind works. If I'm reading the book, that's not the Bible. Chapter 1, when I get to chapter 2, it's going to be something else. Yeah. And it's not going to have too much to do with chapter 1. That's just how. But these are letters that didn't have chapters. Yeah. Which meant that what Paul was saying in chapter 9 had everything to do with what he had just said. In chapter 8. So we got to remember to keep them together. That's one of the things about interpreting scripture. Is you got to keep it in context. You have to keep scripture in context of the chapter that it's in. And then from there. Uh, well, keep it in context of the paragraph that it's in. And then from there you got to keep it in context of the chapter that it's in. And then from there you got to keep that in context of the book as a whole. And then from there, you got to keep that in context to the, if it's in the New Testament, the New Testament as a whole. And then from that, the Bible as a whole. That's why you can have someone teach something that it's not, it's not true. It's wrong. It's error. Because it's not in context. It's not in context with what is being talked about in that passage. Nor is it in context with the chapter. Nor is it in context with the book as a whole. If it doesn't match up with all of those, then you've interpreted it wrongly. Well, I can get it to match up with the what I just taught, what I read, and what I feel like the Holy Spirit spoke to me lines up with the paragraph and it lines up with the chapter, but it doesn't really line up with the book as a whole. Well, then the Holy Spirit didn't tell you that. Yes. That's your flesh. And you just interpreted Scripture wrongly. You've twisted the scriptures, which sounds a lot more like Satan, the serpent who will just twist it a little bit. So that's the importance of context. Context, context, context. Not, not here to teach you about studying the Word of God, but if you want to know the truth, keep it in context. And just because you have a thought in your mind, don't think that, well, that praise God, that was the Holy Spirit. Look at it, study it out, make sure. Make sure that what you feel like the Lord just revealed to you, make sure it lines up with the book as a whole. Make sure it lines up with the chapter. Make sure it lines up with the New Testament, the Bible as a whole. Make sure it lines up with Calvary. Yeah. All right. Not all Israelites are spiritual Israel. Verses 6 through 13. Starting in verse 6. Not as though the word of God has taken none effect. For they are not all Israel which are Israel. Neither because they are the seed of Abraham are they all children. 
but in Isaac shall your seed be called. That is, they which are the children of the flesh, these are not the children of God, but the children of the promise are counted for the seed. For this is the word of promise. At this time will I come, and Sarah shall have a son. And not only this, but when Rebekah also had conceived by one, even by our father Isaac, for the children being not yet born, neither having done any good or evil, that the purpose of God according to the election might stand, not of works, but of him who calls. It was said unto her, The elder shall serve the younger. As it is written, Jacob have I loved, but Esau have I hated. Okay. Context. We were just learning about what in the, at the end of chapter 8? Predestination. And what that really meant and what it didn't mean. And what the Jews would be arguing here is basically national salvation. Mm. I'm saved because I'm not I'm a Jew. Praise God. <laughs> But not all Israelites are spiritual Israel. Remember, Paul just basically expressed that if he could, he would be a curse from God forever and permit the salvation of all Jews. Now, if you're a Jew and you just heard that, Paul, brother, don't worry about it. I'm already saved. I'm a Jew. Mm -hmm. No, no, no. What he teaches is not all Israelites are spiritual Israel. And then he shows it through the Old Testament scriptures. Yeah. Yeah. So, even though Israel failed, doesn't mean that the word of God failed. The Messiah still came. Yeah. That's right. Mm. That's right. Even though Israel failed, the word of God does not will not, cannot ever fail. He is faithful when we are not. Praise God. Praise God that it doesn't depend on our faithfulness, otherwise That's the Messiah it. never would have came. Yes. Praise God. Thank you, Lord, that you are wise. Hallelujah. And that it doesn't depend upon us. Praise God. Yes. This denounces national salvation. No one is saved just because they are an Israelite. You cannot be saved by association with a nation, a race, a church, a denomination, a group of any kind, your family, etc. If you can't, if you cannot be saved by being a Jew, which is the people that God Himself yeah. chose yeah. to give His presence to, to give the law to, to give the messianic promises to, to give the service of God to, the tabernacle, the temple, the offerings, the priesthood, to give covenants to. If you can't be saved by association with that group, then surely you can't be saved with association through any other group. That's true. Because 
Scripture plainly tells us that they were chosen. So salvation doesn't come through association. I didn't get saved. I couldn't get saved simply because my dad is a pastor. I had to accept it on my own or reject it on my own. And there's only one way, and it's faith. Promises to the patriarchs, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, never implied the spiritual inheritance of them by all the physical descendants of those patriarchs. Just because you were a child or a descendant of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob did not mean that you all of a sudden inherited the spiritual inheritance. Didn't mean that. That's right. It never meant that. It never said that in Scripture either. Nowhere in Scripture did it say that. And then here goes Paul showing you that it can't be so and using Scripture to do it. Ishmael was excluded even though he was from Abraham. Ishmael was a descendant of Abraham, but yet he's excluded. So just because you're a descendant of Abraham doesn't mean that you're included. So therefore, you can't be saved just through association with being a descendant of Abraham. Jews, that was the idea. (laughs) So that's what you thought, and Paul just blows up what they believe through the scriptures. That's that's how preaching is supposed to work, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. It goes to the heart of what you actually believe. All works of the flesh are excluded from the promise. Remember, Ishmael was Abraham and Sarah trying to work it out on their own. The Lord needs a little help. No, no, he doesn't. (laughs) No, he does not. And that one work of the flesh, if for those of us that do not think that it matters that much, that one work of the flesh by Abraham and Sarah has actually haunted Israel for their entire existence. Yes, it is. Till today. Yes. Even still today. Yes. They're enemies. They hate each other. They try to kill each other. Yeah, you're right. You're right. This is just a thought. I got no. If the work of the flesh that brought about Ishmael never happened, I do believe Israel would still be hated because Satan. Is going to oppose Israel yeah. every chance that he gets. Yeah. However, would it be to the degree that we see it today? Yeah. It would probably be different. But once again, that's just, I don't, I don't really like doing that because. Yeah. Well, no, you make a good point. Yeah. They wouldn't have the, it wouldn't be the same. I mean, but you, but you, you said it well, brother. You said they would still be hated and they would still be persecuted because they're Israel. And, 
and, and Satan for taste. I mean, a good example of that is, uh, you know, Germany, what Hitler did, yeah. you know, right. Jews, yeah. uh, was, you know, so they would still have been yeah. persecuted. Man, and that's one, one of the reasons why is because the Word of God basically is pretty plain that they're going to be restored. So if Satan can annihilate the Jews, then they can't be restored if they're annihilated. Mm -hmm. right, right. So the yeah, attempt is to make the world. You see? Right. right. What well, God can't be, he's got to be alive then because the Jews are destroyed. But it said that the, so that's the idea. To make God a liar. But you can't. Right. Because they're not. And they won't be destroyed, praise God. Yeah. Even if there was only the tiniest remnant. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. You still can't destroy them. That's right. Praise God. Even with the work of the flesh that had been an enemy from the time that it happened, even until today, they're completely surrounded by enemies on every side, and they are not a very big nation, but yeah. yet. Here they stand. Yeah, it's Why? Because it's, it's got to be a work of God. They're tiny. That's it. Surrounded by enemies. Like war, one on one. That's bad. But yet, they're still a nation. There's got to be more. That's a miracle. If you want a modern day miracle, you, you, all I gotta do is look at Israel and the fact that they're here still and they're not destroyed and annihilated. They'll be there in Revelation. They'll be there. They're still gonna be there. We wanna see miracles. There's one right there. My goodness. The truth of it is that America will be, not will be, but could be. Destroy it before they ever know. Oh, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's it. Yeah. We think America's big or will never be destroyed. But yeah. no, before Israel, we will. Yeah. You know? yeah. Oh, yeah. If we turn our back on Israel, we're yeah. in trouble. Oh, yeah. It's in the Bible. The children of promise are those who exercise the same faith as Abraham. Yeah. That's what the Lord always meant. Abraham, your seed yes. will be yes. Amen. like the sand. Mm -hmm. Praise God. Those that are true descendants of Abraham are not of the flesh descendants of Abraham, but those that operate by faith. Right. Yes. Not all Israelites are spiritual Israel. Mm -hmm. Spiritual Israel is those that operate by faith. Yes. Right. I don't know if you know this, but uh, you, you would be included in that. Yes. 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 Praise God. You might not be an Israelite according to the flesh, but spiritually speaking. Yes, indeed. Yes. Praise God. My Lord, you're descendant of Abraham. That's it. Yes. Because you operate by the same faith that Abraham yes. operated by. Yes. Abraham believed God. And it was accounted unto him as righteousness. You believed God about his redemption plan in Christ Jesus. And he's looked at you and he's accounted to you as righteousness. Glory. 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 
Hallelujah. Look at it, spiritual Israel. Praise God. But not every Israelite, according to the flesh, is counted in that. And that's what Paul's showing there. He's trying to show, which he will plainly show. Not everyone, I guess this is a side note, but not everyone in church is saved. Yeah, that's true. Right. Yeah. <laughs> they come to church every Sunday, praise God. They got to be saved. Not every Jew is saved. So what you're saying is that you, know, you can be a a Christian in the flesh because of your association with a Christian church, <laughs> but not Never operating by faith. Yeah. Never being truly born again. Never being what we learned about in Romans. Never being circumcised in heart. Never having the circumcision made without hands. Like Colossians. And Colossians. And that's what he's talking about. A new spirit. The cutting away of the old man. Being crucified with Christ. Buried with him. Raised to newness of life. That's what circumcision in the Old Testament was meant to be a type of. That's why Paul in Colossians said the circumcision made without hands. How is that possible? Because it's the operation of God. And he performed that operation on the inside of your heart. When you express faith in Jesus and what he did at Calvary, that he went to work and the operation of God went in with his scalpel and cut you away from the old nature, gave you a new nature, a new heart. That's what he said he would do. I'll put a new heart, a heart of flesh. I'll take the heart of stone out. If you got saved, praise God, that's you. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. That's you. He took the stony heart out, put a heart of flesh in, cut you away from the old man, separated you from the old nature, and gave you a new nature. Circumcision made without hands. Just so you know, I'm desperately hoping that we go to the book of Colossians next. That's what I'm feeling right now. But I, I'm not, I don't know. I, right now that's what I feel, but the Lord can go in a totally different direction. But that's what I'm hoping for, because in Colossians chapter 2, I believe it is, there is commentary basically on Romans 6, 7, and 8. So it'd be a good little jump to that book. Anyway, okay. Good. <laughs> I love that book. That's probably my favorite book in the New Testament book of Colossians love that book not everyone who claims Christ is saved it, is only, it only comes by faith and faith alone yeah. the promise of God to Abraham was Christ yes. not Isaac That's right. right 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 amen I've, I've heard it preached God gives you a promise, hang on to that promise, and really the idea is just we focus more on Isaac. If that if that's all it takes, then salvation has nothing to do with Christ. Christ died in vain. If that's all it takes, Christ died in vain. 
But the idea was, this was really the promise to Abraham. Abraham, the Messiah, is going to come through your line. And Abraham was like, dude, how is that even possible? I don't even have a son. Right. You're telling me that the Messiah is going to come through my line. And yet, I don't have one. Because I don't have a son. And without a son, you got no line. <laughs> so then, you're going to have a son, Isaac. But the idea wasn't that Isaac is the promise. The promise was way greater than Isaac. His name is Jesus. Abraham believed that. Yes. So therefore, we can say with confidence, Abraham's faith was in what? Christ. Christ. And you know, even though Jesus, he maybe didn't see it all. Yeah, because Jesus even said, Abraham rejoiced to see my day. Yeah, he saw my day and he rejoiced. Yes. He rejoiced. Yes. Now, if you actually look it up and you just kind of look it out and whatnot, yeah. basically what it means is that Abraham had a Pentecostal fit. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> when Abraham <laughs> when Abraham saw Christ and saw he's the one he didn't just say thank you Lord Abraham said hold my mule hold my mule my dad talked about it a little bit this morning but Abraham's reaction, and sometimes our reaction in the church services. Now I'm not I'm not trying to. Do we really, do we really believe as much as we say we do? If we really do, then when they say Jesus' name. I just I want you to see here. I'm not trying to. Uh, I'm, I'm in the same boat. I'm not trying to get you to start doing stuff in the flesh in church, but that's it. Now we got to start running it. <laughs> when you really see him, yeah. remember Job says that I've heard about you, but now I've seen you. When you have that moment. Then some of your reactions, I'll just tell you right now, is going to be different. Yeah. Yeah. And you say, well, that's just not my style. It's not mine either. Yeah. <laughs> it's, not, it's not mine either. But, see, I got a new heart. That's it. I got a new spirit in me. 
the Holy Spirit, and He bears witness with my spirit. Yes. When somebody says the name of Jesus, the Holy Spirit bears witness with my spirit and says, Yes, Lord. Mm. My Savior. They say, the love of Jesus. I say, yes, mm, yes, Lord. What he's done for me. Mm. Praise God. When they say, he'll deliver me. Mm, I can't help but just. I've seen him do it before.
And then I saw him. Yes. <laughs> face to face. I began to learn about what had been done for me. I began to learn everything that I had in Christ. I began to see the truth preached to me. And as it was preached and taught to me on a daily basis, I believed it by faith. I grabbed a hold of it. Believed it. I latched on. I began to learn it. I began to wake up at 3 a.m. in the morning, getting a revelation of what justification really meant. You mean to tell me, I know my life, you mean to tell me that every sin that I ever committed because I believed in Christ, not because I did anything, because I believed in Christ Jesus and what He did in the blood of Jesus, just because I believed, you're telling me that in the mind of God, it's as though I've never failed one time in my entire life. My brother, you've done what I've done. That's good news. That's all gone as though it never existed. Not just forgiven, blotted out. That's a totally different story. We're not talking about just forgiven. I'm talking about blotted out, gone, off the record, never happened. to learn all these different things. I began to learn what I had in Christ. I began to see, and the Lord was making it real to me. And then, bang, here come a trial in my life, a storm in my life. And it was so hard, and the only thing I had to lean on was Jesus. There wasn't anything else. All I had was His grace. All I had was Jesus and what He did for me. And I was boxed in the corner and said, this is all you got. You don't have anything else, Tanner. This is it. And I began to find out. It is enough. <laughs> it's enough for me to be the happiest person I've ever been in my entire life. It's enough for me to have joy unspeakable. And full of glory every day. I just wanted to spend time with him. I just wanted to be in his presence. I just wanted to know him more. I wanted to know more about what had been done for me in Christ. I wanted to know more about my Savior. I wanted to just know more and more and more. So now when I talk about it, I just get excited. Because I've seen him. Sometimes maybe we just haven't seen them. Maybe that's why we we've heard with our ears, but maybe we haven't really seen what it's like to really be able to say and know one hundred percent that was nothing but His grace. Yeah. That's what I found out. There wasn't nothing else but His grace that got me. Nothing else. 
It wasn't his grace and said, no. It was just him. That's why I can have confidence that does say, I don't know what tomorrow holds. But the one thing I do know is that his grace is enough. Yeah. I don't know the seeds he's charted. But I know he's the captain. And he'll be there. That's it. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. Jacob, okay, so now we're going to get another example. Because now that I've told you, basically Paul tells them Ishmael came from Abraham and he ain't included in the promise. Now, if you're a Jew, what would be the thing that you would say? Ishmael was an illegitimate child. We all know that, so that doesn't count. Yeah. So now Paul gives another example to blow that up. Jacob and Esau. <laughs> Jacob and Esau came from the same father and mother. They were not illegitimate children. They were both fully 100% Jew. <laughs> Yet, Jacob was chosen because he would express faith in God's redemption plan. And Esau was rejected because of unbelief, even though both were Jews and neither had Yet at that moment done any good or evil for they were unborn. God through foreknowledge knew that Jacob would express faith in God's redemption plan. And he knew that Esau would reject it. Well how do you know that Esau rejected it? Because Esau was the older brother. Esau had the birthright. The birthright would have had everything to do with being in the line of lineage of the Messiah. And he sold that. For soup. Which is what he really. That shows you what he really thought. About God's redemption plan. So that's the evidence that he rejected it. He didn't hold it in very high regard obviously. But Jacob did. Even so much that he schemed to get the double portion, which he was going to get it anyway. God had already decreed it. And his scheming, the work of the flesh, got him a lot of stuff that he didn't have to go through. Right. <laughs> to get what he was already going to get. This is, I'm going to give you now a, a, basically a spiritual viewpoint of what this can also mean the sin nature is the older of the two natures or the eldest oh. right. we had a sin nature before we got born again when we got born again we received the divine nature therefore the sin nature is there longer it is the elder of the two natures right. and God said what the elder shall serve the younger Hallelujah. the sin nature is the elder it shall serve the divine nature, which is the younger. Hallelujah. Wow. That's good. Wow. The thing that bends you towards doing the wrong thing, the sin nature in us, God has decreed that the elder, the sin nature, shall serve the divine nature. Wow. The new nature. You have to be dominated by sin. 
You don't have to be dominated by sin, the sin nature. Because God has decreed that the elder shall serve the younger. You can live free. You mean I don't have to give in? No, you don't. The elder shall serve the younger. Yes, that's it. But in most Christians, the younger serving the elder. Yeah. That's true. Say, born again, love God, dominated by sin. It doesn't mean that you don't have the younger of the two natures in you. It just means that the younger right now is serving the elder because your faith is not in the right object. So just because someone blows it doesn't mean that they are not saved. But God has decreed that the sin nature shall serve the divine nature. God has rejected Esau, the sin nature. But he has accepted and chosen the divine nature. My Lord. We are only believers if we accept Christ as our Savior and express faith in His work. 